Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Good morning, MD family. Whoa, I'm so happy you're here. Thankful for what God is doing in our midst and for each and every one of you. I pray, I pray this is the best day ever. I pray this is your best week ever that long-standing needs are met and prayers that you've prayed for a long, long time come to fruition this week. Yeah, this is a great week. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. You were the first one I saw on here, Natasha. It's good to see you. Susan, Contrese, Virginia, everybody, everybody. Happy to have each and every one of you. We welcome you to the MD family. This is a family that began meeting August 2019, it just grows and grows and grows. Why don't you identify yourself? Step out and say, hello, I'm Matthew Taylor. Hey, Brother Taylor, it's good to see you. Identify yourself, say good morning. Maybe throw out when you started watching this devotion and became so vital a part to the MD family. So thank you for being here. Thank you for joining with us. Congratulations, all the graduates. Hats off to you. Prayers with you. And be sure to leave a prayer request in need. And as we always do with the MD family, last year it was MD 2020. It was sort of nicknamed after the Mad Dog 2020, you know, the sort of the high proof wine, you know. Yeah, that was that kind of year last year, but we're into the... MD 2021 family now, and this is a new day, a new era. Thank you for being a part of it. Do you remember the song? Do you remember the song? Dottie people sang it. Well, I wish I had the devotees, the choir, who would help me sing. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. You remember that? He may not come when you want him. Whoa, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Even in our proclamation that God is on time, we also admit he may not come when we want him, when God runs late. What a great thought we have this morning to share with you. Okay, you know the drill. Like, share, follow. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the platform. Let's see what God has for us. There's a word. There's a word I want to emphasize today because it's an encouraging word, but I got to I got to plow through some deep valleys. Is that okay? Before I get to that word, I want to think about an aspect of God that he seems to run late. He seems to delay his responses. Been thinking about that opening passage of Habakkuk about God's timing. Habakkuk is complaining at the outset of all the injustices, the problems facing the godly, the devastation. That's chapter one. But in chapter two, God gives this minor prophet a major insight. Habakkuk 2.3, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. In other words, there's an appointed time. It may seem slow. And that's where we are many times with God. He may seem slow. He seems to run late. He doesn't see to be that on time God. No, 
He just doesn't come when we want him to come and do what we want him to do when we want him to do it. And so we're left with two options. Here they are. We either trust or we panic. And that's pretty much the only option we have. We either move through life believing that God cares and that God will move, that God knows and God fulfills his promise, or we waste race through life believing the opposite, that he doesn't care that he's not going to move, that his promises are going to remain unfulfilled. Here's what I know. Choose trust. Refuse panic. Choose to pray. Choose to call out on the name of the Lord. Judy and Cindy, Tracy, choose to call out on the name of the Lord. Mark and Matthew, choose to believe that God shows up in his time. We often speak of God's patience and the slowness of God's response. We quote that scripture, day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day and suggest God's patience. It suggests his delay. It's been a common enough problem in life. Can I get a witness? In our lives. God just, he just doesn't show up when I want him to show up. His justice is delayed. That was the crying revelation of the souls under the altar. How long, sovereign Lord? How long? And the answer to that question always seems to perplex us, that we're always waiting on God to act. Believers stuck in dead-end jobs saying, God, where's my open door? Someone waiting for God to reveal a path forward. Someone waiting for God to show them their lifelong mate, their calling. They're seeking answers to prayer. I wait for the Lord, cried the psalmist, more than a watchman waits for the morning. Then he says it again, yes, more than a watchman waits for the morning, Psalm 130 and 6. God just seems to take too long, even when I'm waiting for him. God always seems to run late. Let me give you a variety of quotes. I hope this helps you today. Give me a thumbs up if this is helping you today. A variety of quotes that God's not as punctual. Tony Evans says, when God delays... He always delays for a greater purpose. Okay, I get that. Robert Shuler says God's delays are not always God's denials. I I get that too. God is sovereign and the times are in his hand. We we get that. We kind of run through that. Yet it seems God moves so much more slowly in our day. Or could it be? that we are moving more swiftly than we ever have, that the times have accelerated. Society continues to pick up speed. I I, I read some quotes from a book, Social Acceleration. Hartmut Rosa uh, informs us of the speed of human movement from pre-modern times to now. The speed, our speed, has increased by a factor of 100. The speed of communication has skyrocketed by a factor of 10 million Data transmission has soared by a factor of 10 billion. And a study even found that our walking speed, we've increased our walking speed 10% just since the 1990s. We lived in this connected world and we seek response in real time. When we want something, we want it now. And we won't wait too long for anyone or anything. We're just not accustomed to waiting much. Things are moving so very fast. An acceleration has taken place. 
I believe that's one reason we know we're living in the last days is this proliferation of speed. We move faster. The times move faster, but not God. Oh my, God moves at his own pace, sometimes at the speed of light, sometimes on a swift cloud anticipating our needs. Other times it seems like he moves at a snail's pace. Countless are the examples found in the Bible. I'm just going to lift, uh, let me just lift one of them. You remember the frustration in Mary and Martha's voice, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't die. You remember Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus lived in a community and called Bethany near Jerusalem close friends with Jesus. Now, these were his pals. And this is how he treated his pals. Lazarus got sick, sent word to Jesus, took Jesus three days to go five miles. And when he arrived, they said, you're too late. Lazarus is dead and buried. And this reveals one of the key principles with God's seeming untimeliness that quite often his delay is for a higher purpose. Jesus knew he wasn't going to heal Lazarus. Jesus knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Sometimes the situation grows so bad and the Lord seems to delay because he's preparing you and me for a greater miracle. David, Brian, Estella, Carolyn, he's getting you ready for what he has ready for you. So either we trust or we panic. God may seem to run late, but isn't he faithful? Isn't he always there? He will perform what he said. As Martin Luther King once said, evil may so shape events that Caesar will occupy a palace and Christ a cross. But that same Christ will rise up and split history into AD and BC so that even the life of Caesar must be dated by Christ's name. Yes, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. The arc is long. One generation may not see it. It may take multiple generations for God to do the miraculous thing he likes. How long did it take for Abraham and Sarah to have a child? Yet the many years only accentuated the miracle of it all. Let me just fast forward in time when Israel spent 400 years in Egyptian bondage. And during that time, so many things happened. They were there for a long time, but the greater purposes of God were fulfilled that Israel grew from 70 souls to 3 million souls. Abraham, it may take a long time to get a family. It may take a long time for you to get an heir. But eventually, Jacob's 70 souls are going to become 3 million. God's going to do this because he delays sometimes his response to perform a multi-generational miracle. Oh, I love that. Naomi was disillusioned. She had lost her husband, her two sons, her life, it seemed, was over. But an old law, an old law, the kinsman redeemer, and a sacrificial daughter-in-law said, I'm not going to leave you, and an honorable relative named Boaz, and the child born becomes heir to the Messiah. Be patient. When it seems that the miracle hasn't come, be patient. When it seems when it seems that the wicked have won, when those who have oppressed you and put you down and lied about you and slandered you and stabbed you in the back, be patient. 
when it seems your prayers are not answered. Be patient when it seems you will never change because in God's time, in God's way, the answer is coming and he will answer that prayer. I love what Vanitha Risner said in The Scars That Have Shaped Me, The Worth of Suffering. She wrote, this is the most precious answer God can give us, wait. It makes us cling to him rather than to an outcome. God knows what I need, I do not. He sees the future, I cannot. His perspective is eternal, mine is not. And so she writes, he will give me what is best for me when it is best for me. Oh, that's so good. You, you Never forget, you can't control the chaos. Waiting, waiting. You know how to spell wait? T-R-U-S-T, trust. Either we trust or we panic. I, do you remember what the, the late Brother Tinney used to say? God's into marinating while we're into microwaving. When it's all said and done, God moves purposefully. He is an on-time God, even though he doesn't move when we want him. And this suggests a timeliness to how God answers prayer. George Mueller, I've got his biography. What a testimony to a man's faith and a man's prayer. He lived by faith and helped so many of Britain's orphan children. He was once ministering in Germany and he was approached by a preacher who was very greatly distressed. And the preacher's six sons were lost and though he prayed for them for years and Mueller began to give him instructions on how to pray for lost children. I believe that's a gift. I believe the Longs who are part of this family, they have that gift. You you pray. You expect an answer to prayer. You don't give up. Six years later, Mueller crossed paths with that same preacher again. The man told Mueller that he had done what was instructed. He purposed himself to pray more fervently, expectantly. And within two months, five of his six sons had come to the Lord, but only one remained. One remained. Mueller agreed to bind with him in prayer for that one remaining son. That prayer would continue for years and years and years. Mueller told how in November 1844, he had started praying. He started praying each day for that young man and then several others, sick or well, on land or on sea, Mueller would pray. And it just seemed like, it just seemed like That one final boy, that preacher's son, was unsaved. Mueller died in 1897. He had prayed for that man for 52 years. Upon news of his death, that man found his way back to church. Here's Mueller's philosophy. I believe God has heard my prayers. He will make it manifest in his own good time that he has heard me. I have recorded my petitions that when God has answered them, I will glorify his name. Notice the phrase that Mueller leaves us with, in his own good time. God moves on his own time. He moves on his own clock, but he's always on time. Never too soon, never too late. He's always there. And this is where I want to give you a word of hope. I've been intrigued by a word in scripture, and I said that at the outset of this devotion, but it has just intrigued me. Martha, Sandra, Edna, it's just 
gotten a hold of me. Stephen, Susan, Kimmy. It's one of the most encouraging words I could leave with you. It's found in Matthew 8. Jesus has entered into Capernaum, that sleepy seaside village in Galilee that was the headquarters for his earthly ministry. As he enters the city limits, a Roman centurion met him and said, Lord, my servant's sick. And Jesus said, well, I will come and heal him. The centurion said, Lord, I'm unworthy for you to step under my roof. You speak the word only. He said, I am a man under authority. I am a man with men under my authority. I know the power of a command. I know the power of a spoken word. Just speak the word, Lord, and my servant will be healed. Now, you you remember Jesus marveled. And he said to those around him, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in all of Israel. He gets it. He gets the power of a word. I want to give you a word today. So Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so it shall be done. And here's what he said. Here's what the word says. His servant was healed in the self-same hour. That's the phrase that's been on my heart. Self-same, self-same hours. It's been on my heart this morning. I remember as a child in Seabrook, Texas, not far from where I'm at now. I was very, very sick. I don't remember how old I was. I was a child, but... My, back then, my temperature could skyrocket, and this was one of those times. Don't remember if it was an ear infection, tonsillitis, some other sickness. I don't recall, but I remember I was very, very sick, and I could see the worried look on my mom's face. It was Sunday morning. I was in bed, bed and Dad stayed home with me. And my mom and the rest of the family went to church, and she had the church pray. And she came home with the confidence that the fever had broken while the church prayed and she was not disappointed. Childhood experience, but what faith, what trust it can see people through for a lifetime from that self same hour at that moment. Does that amaze you? It does me at the self same hour. Could it be? Hey, MD family, could it be this very moment when you pray? We wait on God. We trust in him. But that self-same hour, God moves. There's another use of it in the Old Testament that intrigues me. It's found in Exodus 12. Let me set the stage for this. And I already mentioned Abraham and how God had made Abraham a promise in Genesis 15. He spoke to him of his heir, his descendants that would come from Abraham. And God also told Abraham that his children, It would come a day that his children would be strangers in a strange land and they would serve those strange people and they'd be afflicted. God even told Abraham how long it was going to last. It was going to last 400 years. But he said, amidst this affliction, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless them. and They're going to leave stronger than what they were when they went in. And they're going to leave with great substance. God even told Abraham why it was going to take so long. God was giving the Amorites, the people who inhabited the Canaan's land, sufficient time to repent, sufficient time. How long again? 400 years. God is so patient. He's so loving. He's so kind. Can we just give it up for the Lord right now? It was a fourth century promise, a promise to a man of faith who died long before Joseph was born, long before Jacob took his little family of 70 people into Egypt. But God permitted this man of faith to know it's not going to go well for a while. Your family's going to be persecuted, 
but I'm going to grow them stronger, more plentiful, mightier, that the persecution the enemy throws at them, I'm going to make it work for good. But there came a day on God's calendar when the cup of the Amorites was full, a moment when God said, this is it, this is moment. And here is where we're at. In Exodus 12, you see the use of the word self-same. On the self-same day that Israel partook of the Passover, Exodus came. For you and me as believers, this is such a promise that when we get in alignment and we align with the word of God and obey God, just as Israel did, gathered the family's blood on the lentil and doorpost of their home, unleavened bread, bread within, to have their loins girt about, ready for a journey. God comes to us when we get aligned with his will and we move in his divinely ordained direction. But oh, what a promise for an unbeliever. Oh, that in the Passover, that blood of the lamb, that unleavened bread, that immediate deliverance was had. This was the prefiguring of the blood and body of our Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice at Calvary. Do you realize what it says? The self-same day, self-same day. There is one prayer that God always answers immediately, that there is no delay, that when a person turns in faith to God, and cries out and says, I'm a sinner. I need help. God answers speedily. He said, on oh, this that day, that Passover, that Passover that you're going to see Exodus. It's one of those, in this day, you'll be with me in paradise. I will in no wise cast you out kind of answers that God will move heaven and earth to respond to a sinner crying out. This is one place where God brooks no delay. This one where he said, this is the day of salvation. When someone cries out to him, God hears them immediately. My prayers of believer will not be always answered in the time that I think it is. But when it comes to an unbeliever, a backslider, a prodigal who turns in faith to God at that self-same moment, God responds. God responds. The God who said in due time, and in the fullness of time, the self-same hour and the self-same day, God is going to show up and help you. I believe, I believe Don, I believe it. Lonnie, Trisha, I believe it. I believe there are people even right now who can turn in faith to God. And God is so gracious. There's always an open door to run to the throne room of grace. And so you and I as believers, we choose. We choose to trust or we choose to panic. I choose the former. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. Because when God runs late, it just seems that way. He's got a plan. And he's working that plan. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Morning Devotion. Look forward to a great week this week. Share this. I'll share this with a million people if you feel like it. Encourage somebody and let's see God do some great things. Leave your prayer request out to the side and may the Lord be with you today. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.